man, that is the stuff. Never gets old. Probably will get old soon. Not for me yet. It's, it's pretty new to me. I'm sure most of you have seen The Greatest Showman. If not, I recommend it. Um, if Otherwise, you've probably heard this song. It's just a great example of a classic, I'm going to climb this mountain. I can do it. I'm going to find you know, my place in the sky, I go for yours. I am not throwing away my shot type of song with a, you know, a slow build and a booming group chorus that I just absolutely live for. And I need in this time where, you know, as you know, my move is my Everest. And I thought this week I would do a little bit more of a episode. I'm calling what I'm listening to and what I'm thinking. No strategy, no common thread. Not that, I mean, this is like the loosest podcast you'll <laughs> ever listen to. It's it's not like I organize it that much, usually on purpose, because I like seeing where it goes naturally. Um, but I do try to tie things back. I do edit it down a fair amount. Um, I do try to, believe it or not, keep it concise, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous. Um, so this week, well, I was at my parents' house this past weekend helping my mom with the um, volunteer event she was coordinating and they live in this uh, outside this really cute small southern town like parts of the notebook were filmed there they live near that swan place where with the canoes and gosling and the i wrote you every day scene that i'm dying to recreate sometime but anyway it's if you follow my instagram story i showed you some of it it's very stars hollow it's so cute there's uh you know just Cape Cod homes and uh, front and bottom porches and, you know, town gazebos and a cute little main road with small businesses. It's waterfront. It, it's, it's so charming. I think it was the first city in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but one of the funny things that I forget, having lived in cities for so long, is that I really do value my anonymity. And it's such an important like aspect of my day-to-day routine. And I think that you know, whereas here, I, I love to go to movies alone. I'll go out to eat alone. I always have my headphones on. Like neighbors don't really chit chat that much. I, I I just, I have absolutely no problem being by myself. Like I'll go to concerts, podcast savings, like things with a lot of people around alone because like who cares? If anybody's harping that much on the fact that you're alone, they're not having enough fun with their own group and nobody cares and is noticing. Actually, this is something I talk about I, I did a Q&A portion that I cut out of this podcast um, that's on my Patreon, and I talk about how the notion of understanding uh, narcissistic anxiety changed my life, because it is assuming that everyone is always thinking about you when they seldom do. And if you just really approach the world that way, you have a lot less painful introspection about all the things you said and did that were so mortifying or weird or awkward. But anyway... I I am I, I'm a bit of a lone ranger. I and I like it that way. Um so I probably do weird things all the time. I r- like run to catch buses, to make crosswalks. Greg thinks it's like so embarrassing that I always I have no shame in like sprinting publicly, but who cares? I'm trying to I got places to be, things to do. Um I forget in smaller places you can't go unnoticed. And um it's safe to say I stood out. I stood out in this this small town and bless my mom's heart. I hope she can show her face again. Well, I had a couple, I had a couple uh, hiccups. One being, I, um, you know, open container laws are suggestions, right? I mean, they're laws, sure. But basically, it's just being like, don't be a dum-dum and carry a clear glass or solo cup or full-on wine, you know, some sort of stemware out and just conceal your alcohol and you'll be fine. So my sister and I were 
uh, uh, volunteering and, you know, we're not, we're just kind of like sitting and chatting and it was outside and we were in a garden. It was fun and beautiful and we were on vacation. I was like, I need some sangria. I heard the guy at the wine shop's mom makes world famous sangria. So then I devise a plan to go to the nearby soda shop, which truly there's like a full on old school drugstore unbranded that makes shakes and malts and sodas. <laughs> it's like so cute. Go get a sweet tea. Chug the sweet tea, about, you know, 20 ounces of it. It was absolutely delightful. Ask for a second cup. Take both cups to down to the wine shop. Ask for a sangria. Then ask where the bathroom is. Go to the bathroom, transfer sangria into sweet tea cup. Put the lid on. Walk out the store. You know, it couldn't be more slick. Um, and then later, a few hours later, my sister and I go back because, you know, we're apparently, this, we'd be the token small town lushes. And we heard, you know, if you have a ticket, you get a free glass of wine. So we go back. And immediately the guy's like, you walked out of the bathroom earlier with a cup, full cup of sangria. Like you can't carry alcohol outside. And there's like people around. And I was like, oh, what? Like, what am I going to do? Like, obviously it was me. And um, he's like, yeah, I thought about coming after you. But then I was like, oh, well, like, but I just wanted you to know. And I was like, well, dude, obviously I know. Why would, why do you think I went in the bathroom? And transferred it stealthily just so I wouldn't draw attention to the acted hand so your business wouldn't be held accountable. This is on me. And now I feel like I, the, the, the whole shop is, is hearing of my indiscretion. And that was like embarrassing in and of itself to get called out on it. Um, and then I thought it would help by being like, oh, you know my mom. But in retrospect, maybe it wasn't the best idea to put like a face, a name with the face, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so then I'm a little embarrassed and I kind of want to get out of there. But again, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, um... Well, do you have another bathroom upstairs? This one's taken, like, I just need to go really fast. So I go to this upstairs bathroom. And I think I was distracted and thinking about, like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. He just, you know, basically, you know, accused me of committing a crime in this here small town. I would never put his business in jeopardy. It's all in the name of his mother's delicious sangria. And I go upstairs. And, you know, guys, I'm wearing a jumpsuit. Jumpsuit is a romper with pants. And what do we all know about a romper? And a public restroom. You have to go full nude. No way around it. So I drop trow. I take off my jumpsuit. I am full nude in a public restroom. And somebody barges through the door. <laughs> I did not make eye contact with this person. I know as a man. I know he fumbled. I heard his deep voice. I slammed the door back. I think I said a few choice words that maybe haven't been heard in that town in a while. And, uh, you know... To say that I did not foresee myself both being accused of breaking the law and uh, public exposure, indecency, whatever, whatever you'll call it. I remember how I talked about that strip club Southern Exposure uh, in West Virginia near, near where I went to school? Even at Southern Exposure, you can't show as much skin as I was, uh, sans romper. So um, needless to say, hope the guy enjoyed the gardens, hope he enjoyed the show. No clue who he was, didn't make eye contact, walked downstairs, told my sister I wanted to go. We chugged our sangria inside the venue and then left. <laughs> and while normally, you know, in Chicago, I wouldn't think twice of this event. I would never see them again. It is what it is. What it is. And at first I was like, yeah, he doesn't know who I am. But then I remembered not only am I wearing a name tag with first and last name, I also announced who my mother was and thinking it was going to help me when the guy accused me of uh, open carrying and trying to think I was cool and sneak sangria out of his shop. Uh, announced who my mom was, thinking it would help. So name tag, attachment to mom, tire shop heard me. And I also had to go back to my post volunteering at the event that clearly this person was attending. And um, 
Yeah, anonymity wasn't going to happen. Still isn't going to happen. Still preparing for my strategy to redeem myself at the 4th of July and just be an absolute town delight. A real Rory Gilmore. I want to be less of a deviant floater like Jess and more of a consistent, stable, bright, blue-eyed, lovely, educated young woman that the town is delighted to see. And one day upon me leaving will throw me a gorgeous surprise party in the pouring down rain. Oh, God, I love that show. But anyway, I had a great weekend with my family. You know, it happens. I, if anything, I think this is a call to action for the romper and the jumpsuit industry to figure there's, there's got to be a better way than full nudity in a really gross public restroom. Like men have it so easy in this world with their flies and their open holes in their clothing and they just stand and they go and don't like even wash their hands. Sometimes I don't even use toilet paper. I don't get it. It's so easy for them. And I just, you know, think that there, there needs to be some innovation in the, in the one piece clothing category. And, um, I don't regret a thing. Because it looked great. Even if you're the town lush, even if you're the town floozy, as long as you look great doing it. Does it really matter? I've seen people do way worse, and my biggest takeaway is, damn, they look cute. It's kind of like my biggest takeaway of Wild Wild Country was Sheila's leadership skills. I, ca- I hear less about her masterminding a bioterror attack and more about, like, wow, people listen to her. I can't even get people that work for me to text me back. Not the point, but hey, that lady's a boss. I don't care what anyone says. And I'm still not totally sure it was a cult, to be honest. It was very confusing. I need to talk to somebody about it. Anyway, did I forget to introduce myself? Probably. Hi, I'm Kate. (laughs) Also known as Katie to some people that may know me from yesteryear. I'm Kiki to my nephews and my niece. I um, might start using that as my alter ego, a la Sasha Fierce or Lala Kent from Vanderbump Rules. I, um... I don't think I'll ever get over that she is a girl named Lauren. Her last name's not even Kent, from Utah. And she took it upon herself to just brand herself as Lala, go to L.A., become a hostess at L.A.'s pretend hottest restaurant that I hear is actually really gross. And I've seen some real-time pictures from the bathroom. Looked at those Yelp and Open Table reviews. It is not very clean. No wonder Stassi's miniature wine bottle was still above the paper towel holder all those years later. Um... She just like barged her way into this life, branding herself as Lala, it created a cosmetics line called Give Them Lala. I mean, that's so ballsy. It's like, I don't know. So anyways, I I want to start something called Give Them Kiki and kind of have a, I don't know, if, if I had an alter ego, if I wasn't, you know, Katie from Short Pump, Virginia, would I be a Kiki, a arbiter of I don't even know. I don't have discernible talent. That's why I could never be in a beauty pageant, which which really was a paralyzing, uh, troubling thought as a as a youngster watching Miss America, Miss USA, and thinking that was like a respectable thing I wanted to do in life. And thank God that I never did now because I just, I don't know. I think pageants are a little embarrassing. Sorry, Olivia Culpo, you're beautiful. Your bone structure is flawless. Your eyebrows are amazing. Your outfits are definitely weirdly like on the payroll of Daily Mail. I don't know why they tell me about them so much, but I just am not into pageants. It's it's regressive. Actually, I kind of take that back because pageants give us those YouTube videos that, I don't know, just really light up my life. I live for an awkward pageant answer. I live for that girl that kept saying the Iraq, like everywhere, such as, oh my God, wait, no, hold on. I have to play it. Everybody knows this, but it is never not funny. And AC Slater for the win, for absolutely not dying laughing through this answer. For context, this is an answer in the finals of Miss Teen USA 2007. 
Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S., or should help South Africa, and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I won't. I'm dying. R.I.P. me. Dagger, 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 tombstone, skull and bones. Like, I, oh, God, I love that video so much. It is so funny. She says, U.S. Americans, us U.S. Americans. She says, us, some U.S. Americans don't have maps. Yes, that is the problem. Uh, it, the, the, the map itself, the, the lack of access to a map. It is 2007. Sure, we don't have all of Google Maps on our iPhones, but the maps, uh, cartography was a thing. Those pull-down maps on chalkboards were a thing. I don't think that, you know, building a charity for kids that don't have maps is what they were going for. And then just the doubling down on South Africa and the Iraq. And then she says it again, South Africa and the Iraq, and like everywhere, such ass. Like everywhere, such <laughs> And then she adds in the Asian countries at the end. And then she remembers what her coach told her and just like throws in like, uh, uh, and to, uh, to build up our future for the children. It's like, this is not we are the world. This is, this is like, come on, just use sentences, speak like a person. I honestly don't even know how I'd answer that question. But like... It's so, yeah, it's very sad. It's very hard to watch. It's very cringetastic, living, loving, sweating, dying. Okay, moving on. So yes, I was contemplating. Should I have called this podcast, give them Kiki? Should I establish an alter ego so I can say things that, you know, sweet old me would not normally say and get away with it? It would open me up to a whole suite of products and curse words that, you know, maybe Kiki could pull off, but I couldn't. I don't know. What, what's a product I could sell that's on brand? Ranch? Salt? Black clothing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get a little more out of the product space, if you ask me. It's, it's hard to be on the hook to sell something for your well-being. And I feel like I've learned a lot, and I have other things to contribute to the world creatively than to you know just be uh, operationally involved in my business. I think that's the peril of being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is different from a small business owner. A small business owner uh, create, you know, ideates, creates, builds and then runs it full-time, an entrepreneur, ideates, creates, builds, moves on. I did the former. I'd rather do the latter. Um, because, well, that's, that's the thing. It's like the hard part about starting your own thing is figuring out the, the, the supply chain and the sourcing and the operational structure and the hiring and uh, you know, trying to like maximize productivity, minimize waste and be efficient and be cost-effective, but be high quality. And like, there's all these small moving parts you have to figure out when you're building a business that if you just lend your name to that whole infrastructure that already exists, you're skipping half the battle. So uh, my lack, my issue with people saying they're self-made, who either have a crap ton of funding for somebody else to do all the work or uh, license their name to an existing infrastructure is more so that like an entrepreneur is like a badge I wear, <laughs> I think, you know, or maybe it's a chip on my shoulder rather than a badge because it was so damn hard to figure all this out. And if all this stuff's already figured out and your name's put on it, 
I get annoyed when you get to do like panels and speaking opportunities when I actually feel like <laughs> there's other people with more tangible advice to help people that are, you know, really in the, in the weeds. And honestly, I think my frustration is that like, there's so many conferences and seminars you pay money for now and they feature these keynote speakers or panelists or whatever that are so established, such big names. They're like the Lauren Conrad's of the world. And like Lauren Conrad has done amazing things with her business. And I love that she has the little market and she actually does a lot to support women, but she's an example of a person with an existing platform. Granted, I get the, I get the point of having the big names come speak at the conferences. It draws more admission. But if you really want to support women, women supporting women, women's empowerment, trying to help us grow within segments where women are legitimately underrepresented in owner, founder, CEO, leadership positions, whatever, give someone their break. Give someone their opportunity to get as big as the panelists you consistently have the same people every year. I just, I don't really, I don't really respect the cash grab for the the high price ticket sales with the high profile speakers that are almost at an unrelatable level to where the people that are attending the function almost feel discouraged because it seems like their starting off point was so vastly different from where theirs is. And their starting off point is why they get handpicked to do these big, big name events. And I don't know, there's just like a level of inaccessibility that I just, I think isn't representative of women supporting women. The hardest part about being a woman sometimes, and we've all had this experience in different capacities in life, is feeling like there's a bit of a, a social tier system, a caste system of, of, of feelings of being left out, feelings of certain people are popular and in the know and have all the secrets, and the rest of us are, you know, just on the sidelines. And I think that sometimes this women's entrepreneurial movement almost segments us further into feeling like there's the successful people and there's us that want to be them. And by constantly only featuring the successful people and constantly only working from people that already have this baseline level of privilege or money or whatever that is so much bigger than the rest of ours, we just then feel discouraged because, yeah, if we, if we had that jumping off point, we maybe could do it too, but we don't and we can't. So why did I pay you so much money and tell me how to do it? Let me talk to somebody real who actually is self-made. And rant. I guess I just think there's so much quality in the mid-tier, in the micro-influencer space. And I'm not even just talking about myself. These are the people I stalk and follow and watch their progress. And they're doing incredible things. And the, the content is so much higher quality than the people that have already made it and are over it and are just like, this is my latte. This is my dog. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I totally get being over it and being successful and wanting to move on. I mean, hell, I, that's kind of how I am with Etsy sometimes. Like, I, you know, you want it so bad, then you get it and it becomes a new normal and you kind of want to move on and diversify. And I can see how if you're a really successful influencer, blogger, uh, public figure, thought leader, you just kind of, you know, want to be doing bigger and better things. But like, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like how Cardi B was on Love and Hip Hop forever. And like everyone, she was kind of nobody and thought she was weird. Now she's like America's national treasure. You can't go anywhere without seeing her. And it's like, she never changed. Just more people uh, said that they liked her. That's like all you need is a general consensus of people thinking you're cooler, interesting than all of a sudden, even though everyone's already seen your stuff and didn't really care about it, then they all of a sudden are obsessed and think you're cool and interesting. So I don't know. Let's all just give each other opportunities for other people to find out how cool and interesting we are. I need to do better at this too with my followers that have businesses. Like I, I need to engage more and support them and feature them. And I, I will commit to that right now because I know I've not historically been that good at that. And that's just more because I'm shy and I hate DMing people, yet I live for people DMing me so that um, that makes zero sense. And uh, I'm going to get better. But yeah, how'd I get here? Oh yeah, I was talking about um, people lending their names to some things and pretending like they started the business from the ground up. And now, you know, that bothers me for no reason other than like, uh, 
if you beat me out for other opportunities and get more press and have a way bigger following and people say you're an entrepreneur and uh, innovator and uh, uh, she boss, girl boss, whatever. <laughs> I'm really good at this. Uh, I just am like a little bitter and I'm just being honest. I know it's not popular or a cool thing to say. I know I should just be blindly supportive regardless. I, have to, I mean, I know I've mentioned before, I kind of feel this way about like ColourPop and Kylie. She gets so much credit for this cosmetics empire, but and I give her credit for branding her name on the right products, but it really is just, it's just a branding game. The factory was already there. Uh, we're like skinny girl now is just a licensing game, right? Like the ready to drink margaritas and stuff were, were revolutionary at the time. She did create a category. I don't discount that genius. But now it's like, I, I see like skinny girl lunch meat in the bargain bin at Aldi. And I'm like, I don't think I need skinny girl lunch meat. Lunch meat's lunch meat. I just don't really sit there and snack on a, a, a rubbery, wet piece of a cold cut and think, man, I am just eating my high sodium, super processed oven roasted turkey breast way to being super thin like Bethany Frankel. You know, like drinking a margarita, you'd be like, yeah, I want to save the sugar. Skinny girl margarita. Lunch meat, don't care. Um, and a lot of like bloggers too do that. I talked about this on Patreon last week. Um, you just like lend your name to something and like, you're like, I have a new fashion line. It's like, you don't have a fashion line. You license, like you put your name on another person's fashion line. However, Julia from Gal Meets Glam did launch a line of dresses this week that has been way, like the media blast for this thing is unreal. Can't get away from it. Followed her for years. Think she's so beautiful. Think her life is so fascinating. Very confused by the financial situation. She must make bank just doing promotional stuff. She travels simply to see the blooms of, of a flower field. I, I could never f- travel for that reason alone. It would be very hard to explain to my accountant. He'd be like, so tell me why going to see the flowers bloom in the Willamette Valley this time of year in wine country where you're probably just going to go drink with your friends is something you can expense and be tax exempt from. Maybe like, oh, you know, the... Uh, I. I love the, the pistols and the stamens and the bees and the pollen and the, the petals. I am just a big flower nut, huge into flora. Can't get enough of the botany. I, I don't know anything about flowers. Julia appears to know a lot. Loves flowers. A lot of photos of peonies. Peonies, peonies were so hot back then, like when the, the, the heyday of kind of the initial major bloggers. Uh, I mean, there a lot of them are still in their heyday, but you know when they like they just came on the scene, the cupcakes and cashmere's of the world, and everyone was just like peeing everywhere. <laughs> that sounded weird. Um, now I feel like the fiddly fig is a new peony, or maybe it's something that I'm, I'm missing because I'm always so behind. I literally it didn't it didn't even occur to me that getting a houseplant was like an option for me in life or a thing people do. I think that I was so blind to them. I didn't even see them in like interior design photos. But then when I asked my Instagram followers, like, hey guys, this giant Christmas tree looks so good in my apartment. Now I have to take this giant tree down. What on earth could I replace this giant tree with that could possibly match my apartment as well as this giant tree did? And indeed, everyone told me another giant tree and far in the form of a houseplant, the less Yuletide greetings, more year round. And a fiddly fig was the number one answer. They are so expensive. Even the fake ones are expensive. And I would never invest in a product I will definitely kill. I've killed way too many organs in my day and I don't even get flowers anymore because of it from my husband because I think he feels that like a love fern, I don't take good enough care of it and I don't care. But I do, I give it the ice cube. It asks where I put it in whatever sunlight I have in my vampire-esque blackout curtains apartment and over the best. And it's not my fault if it dies, you know? It's just, uh, I, I, I do not have a green thumb. 
I have a uh, orange thumb, like from Dorito dust most of the time. I think Julia from Gal Meets Glam gets Dorito fingers. Isn't she like vegan? Probably. She's perfect. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm very proud of her. But, you know, I'd be interested to hear how she parlays all, all that she does into luxury collaborations and free trips to gorgeous locations. I mean, she's not just like staying at any old comfort suites. She's getting these prime B&Bs that are a five star that probably don't even need the press. But I don't know. Her and her husband are an interesting team, and he's a great Instagram husband, and my husband will not take photos of me under any circumstances. So I'll take one, and then if I don't like it, he, by the time I tell him that, he's already left the room. So I, lo- I love to gawk. I love that idiot. Fashion bloggers, my point was, I'm impressed by her for actually what appears to be uh, designing, uh, sourcing her own fabrics, uh, doing her own sales and distribution and marketing, and like she really, it seems like it actually is her brand. Um, and it's very on brand and they're very feminine, like a line, almost vintagey dresses that unfortunately aren't really my vibe. I, I can't, I don't know. It doesn't work on me. Something about me just doesn't, uh, June Cleaver enough or isn't Zoe Deschanel enough. Like I just, I don't have that vintage feminine vibe. Like I dress, I think I'm pretty, I'm actually, I think I'm pretty girly. I, I wear, mostly wear black. That's more of a function of it being slimming and me not wanting to get paint all over myself. But I mean, similar to how I hate when people ask me what my favorite music is like, or anything that makes me feel like I need to put myself in a box. When people say like, how would you describe your style? Which is weirdly something I've been asked before in an interview about my Etsy shop. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's just, it's a weird question because uh, how would I describe my style like day to day working alone, seeing nobody basically being like a troll under a bridge, making doormats and like, you know, writing stuff from my phone to my internet friends. Uh, my style is, I don't know, ag- aggressive leisure wear. I, I'm not really sure, but when do I feel like my best self? It, for me, it's more like, um, I would spend a ton of time on my hair and makeup, but on an effortful, no effort look. So clean skin, bright, dewy, wavy, semi-messy hair and have it look like, you know, uh, debatably, I'm not really wearing that much makeup. I'm wearing like a crap ton and then be wearing like a a V-neck tee and well-fitting, you know, jeans, preferably uh, a a Levi's sky high, super skinny or an ASOS high-waisted ripped jean or or a pair of jorts. I, I, I feel the best when I'm dressed casually, but my hair and makeup looks good. Because I, I think that's kind of what it's about, you know? I, you guys know, I talk about it all the time. Breezy is my favorite word. I love breezy. Um, but even in general, like the super feminine, vintage Eisenhower era style, I don't know. I don't feel like myself in it. I think it's the problem. I feel like if I'm going to dress up, I feel the prettiest in like something very structured. And I feel like I'm in costume with something flouncy. Now, this did change over the years. I used to wear Lily. I used to rock clothes. I used to have more of a preppy style until I started feeling like I would you know, go to a horse race and Lily was effectively camouflage for uh, the Southern women. Uh, You aren't standing out anymore. So you just spend a ton on this dress that essentially just makes you blend in. So I think like that shift and like moving to New York and everyone just dresses darker. I just, I I vibed way more with the Northeast than the mid-Atlantic, Southern mid-Atlantic border. And uh, yeah, my style really shifted from when I was younger. I, I just think now I feel my best in like very structured and tailored, nice, high quality Pieces that aren't like flouncy or girly or overly youthful. Like even for um, in my rehearsal dinner, I wore a, a red structured 
sweetheart ne- neckline tube jumpsuit with like a white blazer over the shoulders, arms never through the sleeves. That is a not the blogger way. Um, if you want to know OTD, if you know you have a look, it's fine. Don't put your arms through the sleeves. It's whatever. It's one of those things I equally laugh at and do myself. I, I, I'm a walking hypocrite. I am like a person that is so critical of, of people's uh, social media activity, but it's because they're, the things they do don't work for me and I'm jealous. You know, isn't that how the world works? Anyway, I have no idea why I told you that, other than to inspire people to uh, break the mold. You don't have to wear white to your rehearsal dinner. I've never felt better in my life. I never felt better that nobody could come up to me and be like, you look like a blushing bride because, you know, like, jig is up. We've lived together for a while. Not a blushing bride. I don't like that being pushed onto me. I never really loved bride being pushed onto me. Something about the term I didn't love and... I don't know. I, I think that like the I had such a hard time wedding dress shopping because of this. So my biggest piece, not that anybody's asking, my biggest piece of style advice in life in general, or as it pertains to wedding dresses, is if you're trying to pull off something, if, if you are taking a fashion risk, if there's something you like, but you can't decide, you should get it. If you're having trouble with wedding dresses, kind of like how Marie Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying, tidying up the Kamari method. It's basically like you look at an item and say, is this bringing me joy right now in this moment? And if not, you get rid of it. I, I think you look in a mirror when you're trying on something and you say, is this me or is this me in costume trying to be somebody else? Is this me as someone or something else, me as a bride? Or is it all kind of meshing into one? That Maybe that doesn't make sense, but I felt like when I was wedding dress shopping, I was constantly like, this is a, a girl wearing like a toilet paper wedding dress and a tablecloth uh, veil, like trying to look like a person that is a bride and it's not me as a bride. So I don't know. I just have always think about that when I'm trying stuff on. I'm like, is this me trying to look like this person or trying to act like I'm this type of person? Or is this my interpretation of that look I'm going for? And this looks like something I naturally wear and I'm comfortable. And because when I'm wearing something I'm not comfortable in, I really, I'm fidgety. I don't feel good. You know how like the way you look just really affects like your entire mood that day or that night or whatever? I don't know. It's just kind of like my one rule of thumb. And finally, I did find a wedding dress that was like the me as a bride rather than a bride being thrust onto me. And it all worked out fine. And probably not everyone's favorite. It was short sleeve. It was V-neck and it's a full sequin, but I tried to offset it with like an overlay that was tool. And I, I don't know, I thought it looked cool and kind of Grecian and low-key and slightly boho, but also a little bit vintage because it had sequins and sequins can go either New Jer- very New Jersey, no offense to New Jersey, love you forever. But you know what I mean? Like very Atlantic City or... um very uh, vintage uh, hand beaded. You know what I mean? There's, there's two different, there's two different uh, schools of thought when it comes to uh, bedazzling. And uh, anyways, I was a big fan. What am I talking about? Who knows? Anyway, my point is good for Julia and her husband. I think they actually produce really high quality content and have a very unique look and perspective and have done an awesome job sustaining their place in the blogosphere. Not an easy feat. I, one thing that I'm like a little bit over in the world of new fashion lines is I feel like a lot of people come out with activewear and act like it's going to be revolutionary and tell me things like, I just really, you know, I wanted this for the modern on-the-go woman who wants pieces that can transition from day to night. Ev- like literally everyone in the history of time has told me their pieces transition from day to night. Have you ever watched QVC? Ever watched HSN? All they, all they do is tell me lies about the versatility of their collections. And I'm still talking in a British accent because of Doreen for that. I'm sorry. Um, she was wearing a lot of bobby, like a lot of bobby pins last night. It was worse than that gold leaf helmet hair mullet thing from her first season. I just, I don't always need you to give me a look. Sometimes giving me a look would be not giving me a look. Just look like a person 
going to a nice function. I just don't always need like, you know, high fashion, avant-garde, elaborateness. I, I just almost think that harsh reunion lighting would lend itself better, better. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Emily Blunt and John Krasinski videos because I think they're so cute and I love them both. And I just love how Emily Blunt speaks. And she says, Water and better and Mary Poppins. And I just am like, Gah, what a gem. John Krasinski seems so in love with her. It's, it appears he thinks he's just some sort of tall comic geek that happened upon the office and married this absolute gem of a human that was way more famous than him, though I did kind of ship her and Michael Buble. Um, I, I'm not going to go see The Quiet Place, but their promotional stuff for it's very cute. And their outtakes of their, like, uh, some philanthropic contest they were doing are, are funny. Anyway, I have no idea what I was talking about. Um, oh yeah, update on John and Jacqueline Hill. Remember I po- like on Instagram I posted that I saw that she posted some hearts below his photo like a week or two ago and they hadn't had any social media interaction since like Valentine's Day and everyone's pretty sure they're divorced and she keeps talking about in Snapchat videos. Um, you know, it's just a lot going on in my personal life. I'm going through some changes. Don't worry, I'm not quitting YouTube. Just like doing me. And it's like, we're not stupid. You know, if, if she, you wanted to end speculation, you could just easily show your husband or talk about him or do something because she usually does gush about him quite a bit. By the way, this is Jacqueline Hill. She's a YouTube, you, uh, YouTube beauty vlogger, I guess. What do you call it? Beauty guru? Um, and immediately after posting those hearts a, couple, a week or two ago when I was like, oh gosh, guess they're, guess they're fine. She like unfollowed him. And then I was watching some video. There's these hilarious videos that like compile, as they call it, tea about the beauty gurus and their collaborations and how Jeffree Star like hates everybody. And um, they're just like YouTube drama channels. And they're, it's such this weird subset of the universe that if I get in a deep enough rabbit hole, I will watch them. And this particular one was saying that uh, John's like commenting back and forth a lot on this one girl's photos who, if you like look her up, she's at a rehab center. And that's my guess is that he's in rehab. I don't know if they're splitting up. I just think he may be relapsed. Bless his heart. Addiction's very serious. Hope, hope, hope he gets better. But, and I'm sure it's, it's very hard on anybody's loved ones, um, regardless of circumstance. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it is, it's like, it's the, it's the conundrum of a person that desperately needs the, the fans to get, to have a vested interest in their life to get them to where they are and to only have them just make so much money and have a G-Wagon and an unrelatable lifestyle and uh, then all of a sudden they need privacy. It gets old, but, you know, I guess I respect it. I don't know. I was saying this about Kate and Will. Like, I appreciate that Kate and Will have to follow this royal protocol that, like, mandates that they share with us because, you know, especially in a post-Diana world where it was faked as (laughs) as a paparazzi chase issue and not an issue of the, you know, driver being drugged, the brakes being messed with, perhaps some strange flash going off as a deliberate distraction. I don't know. I've watched one too many docs about this. But in, in a post-Diana world where people thought that the paparazzi was a big part of what killed her, uh, the only way to end speculation and obsession and stalking is to be open and to share and to let us in on it, and then we don't have to speculate. So even though I don't don't believe that Kate actually went to the hospital at 7... Uh, what was it, like 7 a.m., had a baby at 11, was like out to see the world by one. I mean, it was like something insane like that. That's an exaggeration, but it was like about six or seven hours post-delivery. And she comes out in this gorgeous red dress with this stunning blowout, full face of makeup, manicured nails. And it's like, okay, that blowout alone was 70 minutes. Like, I have thick, fine hair as well. Every time I go get a blowout, I ask for the Kate Middleton special, round brush, 
there's like a very specific vibe she goes for. Her blowouts used to be a little stronger, um, but in her hair is a little too mom short for me right now. I think if you're going to go mid-length, you got to go blunt and choppy and loose waves and texture spray, but like a blowout at a mid-length can, can really age you. Just my personal opinion. I'm sure Kate's looking for it. <laughs> but she, uh, if she had the baby, then like needed, you know, whatever, like to stitch or heal or feed the baby and you know come off the meds and to I don't know like I've never had a kid but I'm sure there's like so many things you have to do I'm sure there's like a lot of blood right like it, you, you don't just bounce back from I mean I guess we don't know if she had a what kind of birth no she would never have stood up she had a c-section right um but uh, yeah long story short everybody who's had a baby dm me and was like there's no way in hell she had that baby six or seven hours ago and I agree I don't, I, I don't even know firsthand I will never go in anyone else's delivery room. I put my head down when they showed birth and health class. I think I, I've, I was reading somewhere about how somebody had a conundrum of their mother-in-law thinking they deserved to be in the room when the baby was born. Are you kidding me? I don't want anybody in the room. Like, I don't need you. Like, go away. I, 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 my husband, I guess, if he stands behind my head, the doctors. But like, I told you, I told you guys earlier, I was like Googling if I can do Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth's twilight birth thing where she just gets put out and wakes up when there's a baby in a bassinet. I'm just kidding, kind of, you know. And any, anything I say is re- outside of uh, my having any knowledge of, like, you know, health implications. <laughs> it just kind of sounded peaceful, you know. Um, everything I learned about childbirth, I learned in that um, full house scene where Becky gives birth to twins and Jesse just got his appendix out and he appears to be in more pain than her and she's screaming and he's screaming. It just it really just looked dreadful. Um, so I don't know if that really happens, but... You know, it's good for Kate for coming out and talking to us. And, um, you know, if she needed to lie a little bit about the timeline, if they didn't want people knowing that she was in the Linda wing, more power to her. I, I can't say I would want to be rushing my pregnant spouse to the hospital and have everybody know that we were like on our way. Um, though it seems, it's amazing she can like sneak in, you know, they must have really secret entrances and they probably prepare like a whole wing for her. Um, oh, also, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I feel like, the, you know, predicting Jenna and Channing's breakup helped legitimize my journalism slightly. Um, but also on Sunday night, I truly couldn't sleep. I was at my parents' house in North Carolina. I wasn't really doing anything, but I was super tired. And I was just lying awake thinking, getting caught up on weekends, pop culture stuff. And I was like, why is there so much stuff out about Pippa? And then at first I was like, okay, yeah, she's, they're trying to cover up for her, like, um, father-in-law that has rape allegations. That's horrible. And I would hope that Pippa would not be involved in covering for that man, but whatever. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, I bet Kate's in labor and they're trying to d- distract and try to make, trying to make us forget that, you know, she's due any day now. And so then I posted on Instagram at 327, this theory. I'm seeing too much about Pippa. I think Kate's in the window wing. 333, five minutes later, I get an alert that the royal family announced that she has been admitted to the hospital. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I, felt, I, I felt like we were on the same page or something. Like I was thinking about her. I felt like I knew she was there. I don't know what that is. It's nothing. It honestly is meaningless. I, there's, <laughs> I have no connection to her. Um, but what I think really does happen is they say she was admitted once the baby was safely born. And they probably say the baby is safely born when she's like coming out of it and like thinking about being seen. And then emerges uh, slightly thereafter because I, I think announcing that she is in the Linda wing prior to the baby's birth, considering all the things that can happen and go wrong and the complications, they, they can't announce she goes into the Linda wing and then we hear crickets for 24 to 48 hours. We'd all, you know, then the speculation would go wild. So 
Anyway, congrats to Kate and Will. He was he was at some ceremony today with Megan and Harry, and his eyes are like rolling back in his head, and he's like bobbing his head trying not to sleep. And it's so sweet because that tells me he actually is up with his new baby. And they're not just all about the help. And I kind of always thought that they would be more hands-on. Kate seems very family-oriented, and I don't think William is overly into the entitled uh, you know, uh, having ladies and men in waiting, uh, super royal lifestyle model, because I just, I don't know. I think him and Harry would have chosen another life if they could have, to be honest. I can't, the people, I don't know. People act like if you're born into tons of money or like a trust fund or a royal family or whatever, like you have it made, you're privileged with it. And I like get that, but also you're born into incredible obligation that really prevents your free will. And I don't think money buys you happiness. So it's, I don't want to give a free pass to people that are rich, just thinking like, yeah, they'll be fine. Because sometimes I think that situation is pretty crappy too. I mean, and maybe that's not popular to say, but I, I would be the worst royal. I am so moody. I am always so tired. I'm always so hungry. I'm so fidgety. I like cannot sit still for the life of me. I, I don't know. I just like can always feel an itch on me. I, I, I always like my stomach growls when there's silence in a church. That's embarrassing. I, um, I don't know. My energy levels are kind of up and down depending on if and when I've eaten that day. And it's not like you can just pop, be popping casual snacks anytime when you're a royal, when you're on those tours, you can't have Cheeto fingers. It just sounds really stressful. Um, Oh, speaking of Cheeto fingers and radioactive orange cheese, it really made me mad that Charlize Theron seemed to think it was so hard to gain 50 pounds for her movie role. Give me a break. If you have the means to lose the weight immediately thereafter and have a nutritionist and a chef and all of that, sorry, I dropped my pen, um, then I don't feel like, uh, don't complain about gaining weight. That sounds like a really joyful time in life and uh, the perfect role. And she was kind of dissing mac and cheese, which I don't appreciate. Like, if we're in a world where we're going to get offended by stuff, I'm offended on behalf of mac and cheese because it's really helped me through a lot of late nights at 2 a.m. where I wasn't eating it because I had to set an alarm to gain weight. So I'd eat, I was forcing myself to eat, uh, you know, indescribably disgusting things that the commoners must eat to gain all this weight that I can't possibly eat because I'm so tall and thin like Charlize was. I eat it because it's good and I wanted it. And it doesn't make you gain 50 pounds. There's way worse things you could be eating, I think. Go to state fair, you know? Um, let's see. Oh, Avicii died. That's so sad. He was 28, not 27, which is the 27 club is the problem. That's the Amy Winehouse's, the Kurt Cobain's, the Tupac's, et cetera. Um, the Jimi Hendrix. Who else is in that? Um, but also his autopsies showed no foul play, but he also didn't overdose. And we knew he had a problem with alcoholism and he stopped touring to take care of himself and he had acute pancreatitis. So there were some health issues, but I don't know. The, the autopsy was really vague. It, it doesn't seem like there was a real reason, like a direct reason why he would be dead. Um, I felt like, yeah, I don't know. It's confusing to me because even if you have issues with your organs and stuff from a certain lifestyle, can't you bounce back and get better? And wasn't he trying to do that? And like, I feel like the, the death isn't being described as alcohol or drug related. I mean, if Ozzy Osbourne is still alive and kicking, you know, it seems like your body can be resilient if you want it to be. And anyways, I'm concerned and Google blind items about Avicii's death because I think something's fishy. Uh, rest in peace. Um, oh, I was also, I don't know, guys. I feel like one thing I keep reading about 
All right. I feel like everything that people post about all the clickbait on Facebook and Instagram and stuff is like uh, about like morning routines of successful people and how organized people are and like the freshest, healthiest meals to eat. And like all of these things that promote this lifestyle that like I theoretically want, but I, I, I also don't know if I do like because I don't try it all. I'm not saying that to be like irreverent and cool and like, oh, I dip everything in ranch, but like I do. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, it's weird. I can't figure out my personality type. Like, um, I love taking those Myers-Briggs type tests. I, I love uh, typing myself. I think it helps with introspection, helps me understand my behavior, helps me not feel like I'm doing something wrong and that I am just, I just am who I am. This is me, you know? And, um, I'm always on the cusp of two personality types, which is really annoying. And so then it's like very give and take and it's hard for me to take tangible advice. I am an INFP and I think I'm obsessed with personality type typing because when I was in college and I felt so tired all the time and a little disengaged and like I wasn't having as much fun as everybody else, the most liberating thing I could have ever learned was the true difference of an introvert and an extrovert, right? So extroverts get their energy from other people, introverts get it from within. And when it was explained to me like that, I was like, oh yeah, like I, at parties, I have to step away and be by myself for a minute. If I'm, you know, spending a long weekend in somebody else's space, I have to leave the space and get some alone time. If I'm at a bachelorette party, if I'm like, at a really, you know, high energy function for a long period of time, I ha- if, if I don't recharge alone, I just get in this like really foul, lazy mood where I just can't seem to snap out of it. And I think I didn't understand that in college, I was just try- like constantly going from social thing to social thing and always around people and it was draining me and I didn't really know why. And it's not like, you know, being alone at that stage in your life is like the coolest thing to be doing. So anyway, um, I say that because... I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, uh, speaking of like, you know, I was going to go through questions people asked me, somebody asked like about my, you know, routine and like the craziness of starting a business and like how I managed it and having another full-time job and all that. And, um, honestly, my answer would be like, it was really hard and it was really stressful and it was really crazy for a really long time. And I, didn't eat well. I didn't take care of myself. I, but I had a great time. I, I it was, it, I was alive. I was alert. I was engaged. I was building something. I, I really love and appreciate those times. And I don't, I, I wouldn't say I was ever balanced for, at all. I still don't think I'm balanced. And to be honest, balance isn't really something I go for. And granted, I don't have kids yet. And I think t- to an extent when you are responsible for other people, you have no choice but to um, be really regimented and to plan. But my personality is just so, I don't plan. I don't have planners. I don't keep a calendar. I don't, when somebody asks me to go to something that's like months in advance, I like panic inside because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or where I'm supposed to be. And I usually like remember or figure it out the week before. I don't say that to be cute or like different. I, I know the better way to be is organized. I know the adult thing to do is to be organized. But I actually think that, and I, I say this not to talk about myself, but like, I think that I'm not the only one. I think there are other people that have, um, that have their strengths in maybe more unconventional or less credited things, but their weaknesses are in like more organizational uh, type A type of fields. And it is, it's hard to operate with and alongside people that are major, major planners and major, majorly structured. And it's hard to read through these articles and stuff that tell you how to live your life and how to work out and 
to wake up early and to meal plan and do all these super disciplined things when you just your your personality and your mode of operation doesn't lend itself to that sort of structure. And I try, I really do try, but like it just never lasts. I, I never can really drastically change myself or my routine or my priorities. And I'd be interested to hear from other people that totally like turn their entire life around if this is something that is just a matter of creating a new habit and l- very long-term consistency. Or is there a degree of embracing yourself and the way you are and the way you operate and trying to do the most with what you have that just kind of gives you more freedom? Because I feel frustrated hearing people talk, just out of my own insecurity of hearing people be like, yeah, like I'm so crazy. I have to plan everything. I have to know when everything is. I'm so organized. I cross things off a list. I bullet journal. I meal plan. I meal prep. I'm so healthy. I love fresh food. I love salad. I love light, clear dressings that aren't cream-based. I just like cannot relate at all. And I'm like not saying that to be like self-deprecating. I just really can't. And I want, I, I want to be a morning person when I grow up. I want to be an organized person when I grow up. I want to care about future dates and not feel anxious when someone's asking me to do something because I'm worried that I'm forgetting about something because I haven't written it down. What's the solution? Write it down, obviously. But like I never, but if it's not natural to you, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll remember. And you write it on a napkin and then you throw away the napkin with your to-go box because you would never cook and you have a singular bagel post made it to you. Just like they did in that SNL skit, no joke, I... Postmates a singular bagel to myself all the time. But like I talked about last week, maybe the city has stunted my growth as a human. Maybe it's made things so convenient for me that I haven't had to plan. Um, but, you know, I'm still together. I'm still kicking. I still turn all my stuff in all time, on time. I, you know, pay my taxes. I pay my rent. I get all my orders out. I have other people doing my orders. I've worked with fulfillment partners and manufacturing partners. And I work with other people that do it better than I can because that's a big part of business is prioritizing and outsourcing your weaknesses and doing more of what you're strong in, what you like. Um, so I have figured out ways to work around it in business. And it's just interesting. Like uh, what parts of you are fixed and what parts of you can you train? Um, I don't know. And like some people, they're, they might be diligent about their bodies and their food and life and diet and exercise, but... Maybe they hate their job and have no work ethic and just want to be doing other stuff and socializing. Like, I think that's, a, honestly, if you asked me, like, what the biggest um, uh, the biggest necessity for being an entrepreneur is, it's not having FOMO. <laughs> especially if you're in your 20s, especially if you have other stuff going on. Um, especially if you're a person that needs to spend time with a lot of other people. I think I attribute a lot of my success to the fact that I don't have like fear of missing out, what, what I called FOMO. I don't, if everyone else is out and having fun and partying and, you know, getting to do stuff that I'm not doing because we're young and should be doing it, like I just didn't care. And I'd be in my studio and I'd be heads down working and I'd be having a great time and it was fulfilling for me. I think that's the tricky part that a lot of people face, especially because I tell everyone like you have to have, it has to be a side hustle. It, it has to never quit your job before you've started the other business. Like uh, you need to build a working uh, business model, a profitable business model, a way to support yourself or a short-term plan of when you're going to support yourself in order to do that. But in order to have two jobs and have your side hustle be successful in a full-time hustle, something's got to give. And that thing that's going to give is probably a lot of your social life and probably a lot of your self-care but if you will enjoy it and it will be like another form of self-care and another level of fulfill- fulfillment you maybe don't even realize you need, it's absolutely worth it. That was kind of like a roundabout complaint of me being like, 
jealous that I'm not as like organized as other people, but also trying to own that like I have other qualities other people don't have that probably make me work harder. Um, and also just to like not be as hard on myself because sometimes it's exhausting, just like always trying something new, always trying to be a new person, always trying to reset. Like I'm all about change and productive change, but it's almost like uh, how can I figure out how to work the best with what I have rather than to be somebody else, I think is what I'm always trying to figure out. You know, this is me on theme. Um, the other thing that I feel like I'm seeing so much active wear lately and, oh yeah, I was talking about QVC day to night. Yeah. That's what I was going to talk about. Everyone is like creating an active wear line. I heard like Ariana from Vanderpump Rules. She said like an in touch weekly, like that's her goal. And I see bloggers with active wear lines and I, Kate Hudson has her Fabletics and people, I don't, it's just all these things. And like, I don't need another matching sports bra and yoga pants set. Like I don't wear sports bras. I'm not going to show my midriff. I, I never did. I never will. There's such a small segment of the population that is that thin and that in shape. And I'd argue a lot of the people going to gyms and working out are trying to get in shape but aren't quite there yet and aren't comfortable in such a fitted, tailored, expensive, fashion-y workout clothes. And I just, I don't know. I'm just over people acting like their workout number is so revolutionary when it really just only lends itself to very, very thin, already in shape women. And it's a sports bra that I'm spending a fortune on that nobody will ever see because I don't take off my shirt at the gym because I don't know. I, I, I live in Chicago. It's never that warm. Maybe if I was in Southern California, maybe if I had a six pack, maybe if I didn't have iridescent skin and very visible Irish veins, I don't know. But like, just like, don't tell me you're making something that'll transition from day to night for the every, every woman. You're making something that'll transition from day to night for the the 22 year old that obsesses about like what she eats and works out nonstop and is still looking for a real full-time job. I, I just, I think so many, so often these clothes are not designed for mothers. They're not designed for people that might have some body image issues. And yes, I know we shouldn't have them, but we do have them and it is what it is. So let's not feel worse by making, just making stuff that'll shed light on that. Like, I, I don't know. I get like active wear to be tight for performance, but like, can't we incorporate a spank element? Like I know that might make you sweatier, but I feel like everywhere my spank takes top, tank top to work. And yeah, they probably just hold in smell a little too much. But like, I do want to feel like sucked in. But I don't want to feel exposed. You know, there's got to be a middle ground. And I'm hopeful that KKW, Kim Kardashian West, is going to do this because she's coming out with the shapewear and lingerie line, which makes so much sense. I mean, you know, if, if Heather Thompson can make a living with Yummy Tummy, then why the hell not? And Kim Kardashian's face shape that launched a thousand shapewear lines, probably. I mean loyalty forever to Spanx, love them, mean it, changed my life, changed my body, changed my self-confidence at weddings and cocktail dresses. But um, I, there are some, some designs of Spanx that I, I wish existed. I wish there was a, um, a high neck, low back with a built-in bra that didn't have huge busty cups for already busty people that you could wear like a low side cut and a low back would still be fully spanked in the front, which I don't know how that works because when you have a low back, it's kind of hard to suck in the front, but I wish that existed. I wish there was like a full, um, I wish there was like more of a thing that goes under like white pants. And I know you can wear tights and stuff, but just something that just like covers cellulite, but is still light, but that just doesn't 
go up to like cut off your your like stomach rolls. I need something like to go up like in either like attached to my bra or Velcro to my bra or like go all the way up. So when people hug me, I'm not fearful that they're going to feel the gap between the spank and my bra because that is a tough area. That is, that is, yeah, that that's, that's squeezing the sausage out of the casing. And it's just not desirable when somebody you haven't seen for a while hugs you and feels just that part because that is the exact, you know, hug of a, of an acquaintance uh, hand zone. And I, I think that's just a tough thing that a lot of shapewear architects are currently not addressing that I'm hopeful Kim will account for because she is very open about how often she wears spanks. And half the time I can see her spank lines on her clothing. And also I do feel like everyone says they have like a no line situation on your thigh, but you can always see a vague line on the thigh. And eh, that, that frustrates me. Um, so congrats to him. Hoping for the best. I'm kind of over KKW beauty. I don't need to bake, conceal and brighten. When the, you know, Chloe was going through the worst time of her life, all Kim was doing is baking, concealing, and brightening, brightening her way through Instagram, having way too many videos, like those chiclet type uh, story logs that I try to not do that often anymore because nobody cares. And um, really, I just, I don't know. Again, she needed the people when she was nobody. And now she has us all invested and she won't tell us what's going on with Chloe. She won't tell us what's going on with Kanye. I get it. It's her family. And she has to protect them and blah, blah, blah. But they also like, kind of, I don't know, or themselves out a lot. So just like give us the stuff we want. And I know the Chloe thing is like the keeping up with the Kardashians, people are filming them, but you know, it's going to be so glossed over just like Kanye's 5150 and mental breakdown last year when Kim just like fake boat docs cried <clears throat> teensy bit and we were supposed to be okay with it. And I am still not okay with it. You know, the other thing I'm not okay with is that clearly the Kardashians have some sort of collab or partnership with Fendi going on right now. And I've seen other people on it. Like isn't Nicki Minaj's cover like all in all Fendi. Um, and they, they're not hashtagging ad or spawn because it's not a specific paid for Instagram ad. But if like a brand is sponsoring your entire life or your entire family tree, don't you think you have to like disclose it to a degree? I don't know. Kim's like posing next to trash cans in full Fendi. Kylie is a Fendi stroller with a full Fendi jumpsuit. Courtney is a sheer Fendi skirt. I mean, and then Kim was seen, you know, wearing Fendi thigh highs and everything is with that double F logo. And I was saying this on Instagram, like I'm just so over the branded logo stuff, it's very 2004. It's very Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Jessica Simpson, Louis Vuitton, Speedy Bag. It's very, look how much money I have. It's very, you know, get rich off the internet and buy yourself a G-Wagon. It's very new money. I, I don't like it. It's, it's not that that's a bad thing. It's just like, uh, I, I like things that are a little bit more subtle. I don't even think their logo is particularly attractive. It's not like it's a classic plaid like a Burberry, though. Can't really see the Kardashians uh, being the faces of Burberry. Um, but I don't, you don't, you know what I mean? It's very like Marshall's uh, purse bin on sale. Very Kenneth Cole reaction. Very purse, Perry Ellis. Very uh, Dooney and Burke. You know, they all kind of adopted that same printed logo style. Michael Kors in the, um, I, I don't know, the kind of following that big trend in the early 2000s. And I just think it's tired and I just don't think we're in an era that values brands as much as, as they once were. And maybe I'm speaking out of turn, um, but I just, I feel like we're kind of heading in a direction of people uh, being bragging less about their wealth. If anything, that's just so they don't get robbed. Um, but also, you know, I think that our, I hope, I think our generation values, um, other things more than material items, more than aspiration. I've talked about how I think our currency is relatability. I, I, I don't think people value 
so much as they resent when you show off that you have really nice things. Not to say you don't deserve them if you work hard and you can't get investment pieces. And I love all that. I want to hear about all that. But, you know, the decadence, the, the just dressing yourself in head-to-toe designers, they're your baby wearing a Fendi onesie. It's like, it's just it's so over the top. And I just don't get it. And I don't get why Kylie has so many cars. And it's just, it's, it's uh, it, I just don't like it anymore. It's just not, not that interesting. I'm not, I know you have money. It's, it's, I don't, I'm not, I don't dream about your you know, Rolex. I, I'm not like staying up at night wishing I had a Lamborghini Gallardo. And I'm only saying that because that's the song they talk about in Akon Smack That. And that is the only car I know as a result. <laughs> Anywho, maybe I could get Kenneth Cole reaction to sponsor me. That's more my vibe. I could just wear a head to toe velvet jumpsuit KGR logo all over me. Because uh, I, I really, uh, you know, you can call yourself a Max and East all you want. I'm, I'm a Marshall Zista. A marsh, I'm a, I'm a mar, mar, Marshall we shop, Marshall we dance, Marshalls, we are Marshalls. Nope, that's a sad movie, Marshall. I'm a Supreme Court Marshal, a grand, a grand Marshal, a grand Marshal. There we go. Well, that's what we'll call ourselves, the Grand Marshals. I, um, I, 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 I really find some gems. I love to go to a small town, uh, which over, which picks over the stuff I don't want, but picks under the things I do want. Because Marshalls is only as picked over as your taste being a departure from the particular town where the Marshalls is. Some towns might, you know, be like, damn, are those true religion jeans? Is that exposed stitching on the pockets? And like, you know, shop till they drop. Some places that's all that's left. It just depends on the taste. There's no right or wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it'd be fun to have like a sponsor that doesn't usually do podcast sponsors. Uh, no luck with chocolate milk. No luck with tahine. No luck with any of these moving uh, uh, temporary housing companies that I thought I had a really great pitch for. Because I want, I want you guys to be in on the influencer thing. I want to talk about my experience seeing like, okay, I have an engaged following. I have some, I have an organic narrative. I can add something of value. Like, let me see if I can like pitch this in a way that's interesting to people. But like, I, it's funny. I feel like I'm a decent business person, but th- this influencer thing, I can't quite crack. Um, but yeah, Kenneth Cole reaction if you're out there. I think I could do a good job. I could just be like, hey, are, are you looking for a suitcase you didn't know you wanted or needed, but it was on clearance and the logo's small enough so nobody will ever know it's Kenneth Cole reaction? Look no further than Kenneth Cole reaction. You know, something like that. I think that would really be like a great, great pitch. It's kind of like what I was talking about with Mike's heart. Wouldn't it be way funnier if brands marketed and were self-deprecating or aware enough to know what they're actually used for? Like Mike's heart, like your favorite wine cooler you buy once every five years and keeping your fridge until your teenager steals and you don't know it's because you forgot about it because you never drink Mike's heart and you just save it for a house guest that might come drink Mike's heart and you will judge them while they drink it and get really drunk because they probably never drink. You know, that sort of thing. Um, I I just, I would love like a really self-aware, self-deprecating brand. I think that would be... That maybe I'll start my own agency. Like, hey, you want to make fun of yourself? Look no further. I have a lot of mean thoughts that I regularly bite my tongue about because I think they're funny in my head, but I would never say them out loud because if I ever needed money from you or our partnership or really wanted to be generally liked and not complainy or overly bitchy at all because I have no grounds to be, I would say all of these things. So if you pay me, I'll tell you why people don't like you or people don't use you why they th- you think they do and, uh, you know, move on accordingly. Like, I think, uh, you know, I, Androids are awesome because well, a lot of things about their operating system are better and a lot of things about 
Their cameras are incredible, but like a lot of people judge people with green bubbles, myself included. I Sometimes I get a little frustrated. I'm like, am I texting a landline? How do I know this is delivered? And, um, you know, I think Android should double down on their green bubbles. They should be proud. They should have their own thing that iPhones can't have and be a stronger community, of, even though they're viewed as inferior despite having a larger market share. I think there's something there. Or like, you know, Mr. Pib, colon, if they didn't have Dr. Pepper. Like, I'm never actively act- going anywhere and being like, do you have Mr. Pib? Do you have, do you have uh, Pib Extra? No, I'm like, can I have a Dr. Pepper? Well, I usually say, can I have a Dr. Pepper? Half a Dr. Pepper, half mixed with Diet Coke because I want something slightly diet but need like a splash of real flavor and real sugar. And, um, you know, then they usually say Mr. Pib, in which case it's fine. I like Mr. Pib. But, you know, you, you default to the, the, the DP or the DDP. Um, wow, this is at 40 minutes. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, 4.30 on Wednesday, and I finished packing, and I hired somebody off of a website called Quad Jobs, which I'm pretty thrilled about. They, like, partner with local universities, not sponsored. Uh, wish it was. Um, for people that want odd jobs that are like in school, and which I think is a great idea because TaskRabbit's premiums are insane. And I used to use it all the time. Like I'd have TaskRabbit's in my yard. I'd have them taking my packages. I've had them make rugs before when I was backlogged. Like I used to TaskRabbit my life away um, when I was really busy, but then it became a thing where instead of you naming the price, they said it and everyone's like, I'm Mark, I'm 18 and play video games all day. And one time I mowed the lawn, $60 an hour. And it's like, are you kidding me? So Quad Jobs lets you set your price. So I was like, hey, pack up my entire kitchen well so nothing will break in an organized fashion for X amount of dollars for X amount of hours. And like, I kind of did it low to see if anyone bid on it. And a ton of people did. So I don't know, kind of a great idea. It might just be in Chicago, but I feel like a new woman. The kitchen is the daunting part. It's, it's the breakables. It's the realizing, ugh, some of my stuff's kind of sticky. Why is that? I thought I cleaned it at the time. Who, 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 who's... Who's handling these kitchen household items that I just got for my wedding that I swear I've never used? And when she was here, I was like, oh yeah, my husband, like, sometimes he uses the appliances and like, you know, doesn't really clean them up. So I'm so sorry if they're like sticky or weird or dirty. Like, I'm not gross, I swear. You know, men, LOL. Could, you know, here's here's some wipes, just like clean, clean as you go. But really, like, I'm I'm 100 percent the problem. You think my husband's using the waffle maker regularly? No, that's all me. That's all me, like trying to, as I mentioned, do one of those fitness kicks earlier where I make like a tone it up uh egg white protein waffle, which actually aren't bad. I like those toned up girls. I think they're cute. They had a Bravo show and um, I don't know. They're like just like very not snobby about working out or something. Kayla doesn't do it for me. Body BBG is too much. It's very intense. A lot of burpees, a lot of cardio. Don't like as much cardio. Tone it up gives you a little more flexibility. And I've done that in times when I need to indeed tighten it up a bit. Um, And uh I signed up like five years ago when they first started and I got like a lifetime membership somehow for very cheap. And for that, I am grateful. I think that was a smart business move on their plan, on, on their part. Um, I, and I should not be giving anyone fitness advice of any kind. <laughs> but I, I don't like gyms and group classes. I get intimidated. I get scared. I don't, again, like it's, it goes back to even like the tight clothing, the sports bras thing. Like not everybody, it's something about gyms is really scary and intimidating for a lot of people, including me. I don't feel like I deserve to be there. I don't feel like I'm as good as everybody. I don't feel like I'm using the machines right. And to go in with tight, ill-fitting, bright colored clothes and look like I'm trying to dress the part when I clearly am not athletic enough to be actually doing the part, it just makes me feel weird. And sometimes I just, I don't know. I just want something slim and sleek and that looks like I should be there, but not that I'm trying too hard. And I don't want prints that I can't repeat because if something's like wacky printed, you can't really wear it all the time. 
people are going to remember it. I need navies. I need blacks. I need dark grays. I do not need white yoga pants ever to be seen ever by the, the history uh, in the history of time. And uh, I also don't need solid colors that show sweat as, you know, we all know how, how that looks in, in a yoga pant. I was a serious volleyball player back in the day. <clears throat> and people would always get a very distinct like thong sweat line in their biker shorts because, you know, volleyball players wear like these tiny shorts and it always made me really uncomfortable. Speaking of, I cannot believe I ever wore those shorts because I feel like you, after you turn 25, 26, you get into this like, you know, saddlebag cellulite territory that's they really you can't turn back from. And I just, I cannot imagine wearing booty shorts. And I just, I'm envious of, of uh, the, the girl in me that could do two-a-days and wear booty shorts and just stroll through Costco drinking a berry smoothie like it wasn't weird. It was weird. I really shouldn't have ever been wearing those shorts in public. Anyway, guys, what was this about? I was going to answer questions. I mean, I guess I could keep going. I have like 15 more minutes. Um, hi, it's me re- recording from the beyond. Um, I actually did record like 30 maybe 40 more minutes of podcast. Um, I did a Q&A of questions from Instagram. I, a, I don't really have time to edit it today. B, it's a little more personal. I put it on, it's on the Patreon version of this episode on the back half. If you want to listen, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash be there in five. B-E-T-H-E-R-E-I-N-F-I-V-E, be there in five. It's also in the show notes if you just want to click through. It is a dollar and I'm very sorry for, the, for that dollar. But honestly, that dollar is a gatekeeper from, from, from trolls, from people that I'm scared of, from uh, me feeling unable to share my deepest, darkest secrets. So not that they're really that dark, though there is some interesting scoop on some of my Patreon episodes in this Q&A. Um, I just talk a little bit more about my personal life and my relationship and, you know, all sorts of things. What I did before Be There in Five, um, my corporate job, my thoughts on it. Uh, I go into my favorite TV shows and movies and music and um, places I've visited. And I don't know why, but I talked for a really long time about how much I like Mexican food and my criteria for good queso. Um, you know, I, I, that part's not that personal, but it's just funny because I always think the questions will be like, oh, you don't tell me, tell me why you're so such a successful businesswoman. But it's really like, yeah, so what's your husband do? Which, yeah, I'm happy to answer. I get it. I, uh, I feel like when I follow people, I have zero interest in any of the stuff they're hawking. And I just want to know the scoop, the juice behind, you know, who they are and who they're with and why and what their situation is. And, you know, if hell, hell, if you're, if you're interested in my life, I will tell you about it. I can't believe anybody cares, but I also don't want to like overly annoyed people posting that on this main podcast where you might just be passing through and somebody told you that they like this podcast and to listen to an episode. And every week I am crippled with fear that the one you chose or the most recent one I did is, is, is going to make you not return. So if that is you, I'm sorry, but stick around. I might do something interesting. I might, I might have a few tricks up my sleeve. You never know. I've got some things in the pipeline. I am, I'm going to try to pick this up. So, um, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Go to patreon.com slash be there in five or click through in the show notes. If you want to hear the Q and a, and if you asked a Q and didn't get an A and don't want to pay a dollar, I, I, I don't want to hold you hostage. Just DM me and I'll answer you directly. <laughs> <sighs> this was supposed to be a non-podcast, but it might be the longest one yet because it was the rambliest and I wasn't trying. I don't know. If you like this format better, let me know. For the last song to send you off, I will do what I am also listening to this week. And if you probably know by now that I love, love a Broadway tune, love a... I'm going to find my place in this world upbeat motivational. Go get your song. And that is why I love my shot. That is why my, one of my favorite nights of my life was the day legally 
married my husband, which we had to be at City Hall because we got married in Italy, which doesn't count as like a U.S. tax marriage, whatever. Uh, we went to a friend's birthday party. We sang karaoke. I sang all six minutes of my shot. It was heaven. And I love this song, but I'm not going to play the regular version. I'm going to play it from the Hamilton mixtape because I think they did a great remix of it. And um, I just want to get your day going. I want you to feel motivated. I am hopefully going to feel motivated to pack after listening to this song. Not to be confused with the amazing rendition uh, that I weird, weird Al and I debuted on my Instagram stories called My Spot. I'm not giving away my spot. I'm just like myself. I'm young, comfy, and hopeful, and I'm not giving away my spot. I'm going to get a throw a blanket to put on me. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm so dang cozy. It's really good, really revolutionary, really important. I wrote it for my husband when he was taking my spot on the couch. <laughs> Wait till you hear my version of Love Story by Taylor Swift. I remastered that years ago for my husband and I's love story, and I, was, I thought about maybe singing it at our wedding, but it was too far, too classy of an affair. <laughs> anyway. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Thanks for tolerating me during this time where I sometimes say I'm going to have one, sometimes don't, and I post it a different day each week. I appreciate your patience until I figure out what this thing's ultimately going to be. But I'm not, I'm not going to throw away my shot unless it's a shot of terrible whiskey, rum, or some dark liquor I don't want that is given to me unsolicited at a bar by a person I don't even like. In that case, I will throw away your shot. But in life, let's not throw away our shot at great things. Let's not get us the stresses and burdens of life and moves and relationships and friendships and work. Get us down. Send a flood. Drown them out. This is me. My shot. My God, these two songs. Just a flurry of emotions in my head about how I want to do better and be better. And I want great things for my life and my loved ones. And, you know, that's where music should take you. We don't always need to be taken to a place of just tonight or partying or sadness or heartache or whatever the hell the next song too close makes me feel that I didn't find out till way too far in life what it is actually about step back you're dancing kind of close feel a little pull coming through on you yikes too young to be singing that <laughs> can't believe that was a radio song just because it doesn't have bad words doesn't mean it conceptually is it disgusting and elementary schoolers should not be singing it oh what are you gonna do okay guys have a good week follow me at be there in five b-e-t-h-e-r-e-i-n-f-i-v-e be there in five.com be there in five.etsy.com and with that i'll let you go i love you tons i mean it Hope you have the best week ever. Or if you want to have the best day ever, order a Be There in Five Dharma that says have the best day ever. It's more important than fire safety and turning off your curling iron or straightener like our reminder mats. We also affirm you. We'll also put whatever the hell you want on a mat. I was reminded this week that I don't promote my own business enough on my social media accounts. So uh, there's my plug. I, I love Be There in Five, but I don't want to bombard you. I don't want to be a QVC, HSN. Our mats are versatile from day to night. Well, actually they are. Actually, maybe I should be on QVC. I think I kind of kill it, you know? I can ramble, right? Maybe I'll ask Lisa Rinna if she wants to do like a duster doormat combo. Hmm. Dust your shoulders off and dust your floors with our floor mat duster combo for women that own it. By own it, I mean talk really badly about other people and say unforgivably mean things, but because they owned it, it's totally fine. God, I love Lisa Rinna. I love her mullet hair. I did not like her reunion look. Ugh, I'm rambling again. Okay. As always, <laughs> let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Hey, 
Yo, mugshot, gunshot, dope shot, jump shot. Take your pitch, but you only get one shot. Advice from a school teacher to a young top. Applying a sticker to a Spider-Man lunchbox. When even role models tell us we're born to be felons. We're never getting in a Harvard or Carnegie.